Welcome to the podcast of Azel Christian Church. We are a Disciples of Christ Church community in Azel, Texas. We invite everyone to be who you are with us, the doubting, the believing, the wondering, and everything in between. On this podcast, you'll hear our pastor, Reverend Ashley Dargai, preach on how the expansive and generative love of God is seen through Jesus, the prophets, the early church, and the faith forebears, and how this love helps us care for the world more deeply and faithfully. Sometimes it's messy and tough, but it's good news, and it is for you. From Mark 2. One Sabbath, he was going through the grain fields, and as they made their way, his disciples began to pluck heads of grain. And the Pharisees said to him, Look, why are they doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? And he said to them, Have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need of food? He entered the house of God, when Abiathar was high priest, and ate the bread of the presence, which, is it, which it is not lawful for any but the priest to eat, and he gave some to his companions. And then he said to them, The Sabbath was made for humankind, and not humankind for the Sabbath. So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. And again he entered the synagogue, and a man was there who had a withered hand. They watched him to see whether he would cure him on the Sabbath, so that they might accuse him. And he said to the man who had the withered hand, Come forward. And then he said to them, Is it lawful to do good? or to do harm on the Sabbath, to save life or to kill. But they were silent. And he looked around at them with anger, and he was grieved at their hardness of heart and said to the man, stretch out your hand. So he stretched it out, and his hand was restored. And the Pharisees went out and immediately conspired with the Herodians against him, how to destroy him. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. On Twitter this past week, a well-meaning person wrote that you don't have to stay up until midnight on New Year's Eve. It was okay to be in bed by 10 p.m. because the new year was going to come anyway. Was that anybody here? Yeah. But another person responded, I'm not staying up to welcome the new year. I'm staying up to make sure 2021 leaves. It's been a banner year, hasn't it? A really difficult year following a very difficult year in 2020. And as we head into the new year and the third installment of the pandemic trilogy, dear God, please let it just be a trilogy. I imagine we are not as bright-eyed and hopeful as we have been in years past at New Year's. In some ways we are bone-weary and perhaps even resentful that this is how we are spending our one wild and precious life. And as we sing through our masks meant to protect us and we look around for those who are missing for all kinds of reasons, we realize that no place in our lives remains untouched. Why are we here today? Maybe Mark's telling of the man with the shriveled hand might have some answers for us. Let me start off by saying that I think it's generally good practice not to automatically identify with Jesus when we read the Gospels. 
I think it's just wise to not read a story and be like, that's us, the savior of the world. Call me crazy, but I like to think that it's more likely we're the hapless disciples or the earnest religious leaders or every once in a while, the people who get healed and forgiven and freed. But I wonder if you know what it's like to be angry and deeply grieved by the unyielding hearts of those in power. I wonder if you know what it's like to see a group of very religious people or a group of very powerful people and wonder if they are plotting you, plotting to bring you harm. I wonder if you know what it's like to be held responsible for others, to be told that it's up to you to keep others from sin, that it's up to you to keep everybody safe and sober and innocent, that it's up to you to keep everyone. And I wonder if you know what it's like to present a rational argument. Look, even King David ate the consecrated bread. Look, the time is always right to do what is right and it not matter one bit. I wonder if we know a little more about being like Jesus than we thought. You see, I keep thinking about this question that Jesus asks in the synagogue about whether or not it was legal to heal on the Sabbath. He probably walked in and everybody stopped talking and stared. And I wonder how he asked this question with the eyes of everyone on him. Did he ask it sarcastically? You know, did he say, is it legal on the Sabbath? Yeah, yeah, let's ask this question, since you well-educated scribes and leaders of the Torah, by all intents and purposes, experts on the Sabbath, seem to actually not know this answer. Or did he ask it indignantly? You know, is it legal to, on the Sabbath to do good or evil? Like, are you serious right now? And at first glance, it's easy to see this story as a classic Jesus joke, right? The very religious people are following him around, trying to slip him up, drumming their fingers together in an evil plot with maniacal laughter, erupting every few minutes, and then Jesus embarrasses them with a booyah and a mic drop and walks away glowing in victory, leaving the religious leaders sniveling and sneering to themselves. But I don't think the story is quite as comedic and triumphant as we might hope. Because perhaps Jesus asked this question from the deeply grieved part of his heart. Is it legal on the Sabbath to save life or to kill? I mean, where is your humanity? How can you be doing this? Come, let us reason together. You see, Jesus was messing with something sacred. The Sabbath wasn't just a day of rest or the day you get dressed up to go to church. The Sabbath was inextricable from Jewish identity. It was a sign of the covenant God made with Israel after leading them out of slavery in Egypt and meeting them in the wilderness. It was a gift of chosenness. With the Ten Commandments, God said, you are mine. And the Sabbath was particularly important when the Israelites were forced out of their home into exile, family separated, temple destroyed, and they were carried out or carried off to live in a foreign land 
Their place of worship, the home of the Holy One, was gone. But they could still observe the Sabbath. And in this way, they were able to keep who they were as a people. You see, the Sabbath was saying, we are gods, no matter what happens. And yet, this story is not about the Sabbath. Keeping the Sabbath, not keeping it, or breaking it for a really good reason or whatever. It's merely the backdrop of what is going on. This story from Mark that we read today is in the middle of a trajectory of stories illuminating who Jesus is and why he's here. Before this narrative, Jesus had been healing other people and getting rid of demons. The very religious people had caught wind of this good work and were suspicious. And if those works weren't dangerous enough to the religious leaders' carefully guarded system designed to protect them from the Roman Empire's ire, then breaking the Sabbath twice is akin to rabble-rousing and sedition. That kind of stuff can get a person crucified. Now let me be clear, the Sabbath is not the issue here. The issue is the power that regulates people's bodies and actions. It's the power that says to the man with the shriveled hand, your healing can wait, or we're going to use you for our sinister purposes. It's the power that is watching every action of someone and then holds them responsible for others. It's the hypocrisy of the power that does not allow for healing on the Sabbath, but will allow for the powerful to conspire murder. When Jesus says in the grain field before his trip to the synagogue, the Sabbath was created for humans. The human one is Lord even over the Sabbath. Jesus is saying to those in power, I am not yours. Jesus understands the risks he's, he's taking in the synagogue. Be assured, he understands what the Sabbath means to these men because it means the same to him. But it is clear to him that this innocent man with the withered hand is a plant by the religious leaders, shoved to the front of the group to trap Jesus into breaking the law. And even so, Jesus turns to them, calling out what is in their heart, and heals the man anyway. There are so many questions, right? There's so many things to consider. The man has not run up to him pleading for help. He's, no friends have lowered him through the roof. No family member has begged for Jesus to come to their house. He's there as a pawn, probably by being, the wrong, being in the wrong place at the wrong time. And yet Jesus chooses to heal him because Jesus knows that the Sabbath means he is God's no matter what happens. It doesn't matter why that man was at the synagogue that day. It doesn't matter what kind of day or year he was having. It doesn't matter whether he felt hopeful or desperate in front of Jesus. The message given to him was you are God's no matter what. And what's more, is that his first words to the man, come forward, can also be translated, rise up. Because even in a booby-trapped synagogue, resurrection is afoot. You see, healing work is done in all sorts of ways. For some, it's making amends and reuniting with a once lost loved one 
And for others, it's breaking free from a toxic and dysfunctional relationship to find wholeness. Sometimes it's saying hello again. And sometimes it's saying goodbye for the last time. And the healing work of the people who resemble the man with the shriveled hand is probably going to be different than the healing work of people who resemble the religious leaders. In any case, the healing work is all of ours. Of course, let's be sober-minded about this healing work because we know from our brother Jesus where that healing can get you. Healing work has consequences. Loving first and asking questions later can be dangerous. But let's do it anyway. Even when a pandemic continues to take the lives of the ones we love and continues to radically change how we move through the world, may we continue to speak of the world that God wants. One of good, not evil. One of life, not harm. Even when we are tired of arguing, tired of keeping updated, tired of taking precautions and doing risk calculus all the time, may we stretch out our hand in hope. And even in power plays that mean us harm, may we whisper to one another, rise up. Because one day God will get everything that God wants. One day, the healing work and the resurrection talk will no longer be work and talk. It will just be. Today is not that day. But until then, let us continue the healing work, remembering who we belong to, even when it's dangerous. And you know, wasn't that the point of the Sabbath? To be able to say, we are gods, no matter what happens. Maybe this story was about the Sabbath after all. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Azel Christian Church podcast. Azel Christian Church exists to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through meaningful liturgy during worship, a public witness through outreach in the community, the nurturing of the spiritual life of every age group, and the witness of each member through discipleship, baptism, and the sharing of resources. To support this podcast and the ministries of Azel Christian Church, visit azelchristianchurch.org. Here you can contribute through giving online or find our Venmo information. If you're looking for a church or simply want to talk to one of our ministers, contact us through our website and we will be in touch. Talk to you soon.